Welcome to another episode of Living in the Past. We are in November 1993. We are nearly at the end of this year, um, but we've got a couple of big episodes before then. Um, bef- always joining me is uh, Benjamin. Hello. And um, I'm Benjamin today, huh? Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd, uh, you know, elongate okay, your name. that's fine. You all right? That's I'll, what it is. Might just call you something different every episode now. B. I'll <laughs> B. <laughs> B <Sure>. money. <laughs> um, no. How are you? How are you, how are you going? How are you trucking? Um, I'm a bit more awake than I expected to be. Oh, uh, yeah, because you watched about... your team yes, wins. Yes, I watched my failures overnight. Uh, <laughs> Leeds nil. Uh, the other team three. Do you not just so going into first... it? I was excited. They were supposed to be at the like at the bottom of the table. Everton had not been doing well, and all of a sudden. It's three nil, and I stayed up very, very late. But after the first two, don't you just go oh, like you know? I know we talked about like fans leaving the stadium, but like don't you just you don't have to leave the stadium. You just go to your next room and lie, lie down and go. All right, that happened again. Um, uh, no. Well, if it's if it's two like the two nil was very early on. I think it was in like the first twenty minutes or something. They're not going to know. And <laughs> yeah, but Leeds are. They're usually decent to watch, and they usually have they usually make a chance. There's there's the potential that they can pull back a draw. They're so late, late bloomers, last, are they? Sometimes uh, on Thursday night they went up one nil very very early, and then it was three one I think by half time, and it finished three three. Right. So you never know what's going to come. Um, it turns out they came to be shit pretty much the entire game. Oh, okay. And just got overrun, and it was uh, quite disappointing to watch. I was going to say that they're kind of like the Forrest Gump chocolate of soccer. You never know what you're going to get, but maybe you do know what you're going to get, and it's like a it's a box full of Turkish delight. Yeah, lately. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go on to um, uh, living in the now. So this is the part where we talk about um, what we've been. Nothing nineties related, but um, just what we've been listening to and uh, reading and lots of stuff. Now, what have you? Anything non nineties related? That you've been Olympics. Watching? <laughs> I've been relegated to watching highlights recently because I've just got so much on my plate. But um, anything of note? Uh so we finished up the mixed curling recently. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Italy, Norway. That was quite exciting. Um, mostly. Like, as much as I'm trying to watch and keep up with, I'm just being disappointed with Channel 7. And I hope someone at Channel 7 hears because the coverage, again, has been disappointing at Do you best. have 7 Plus, like the app? I do, and even that's not good enough. Oh, see, I don't I, know I, if they're rescheduling things or if there's delays, but I'll go into the Olympic app and it says, these things are live right now. And I go onto the 7 Plus app and they are not there as an option to watch. See, because I I've been watching like a lot, and like I don't watch a lot of stuff live, um, but I've, a couple of times I've come across the like the TV station when I've been flicking around. I'm like, there's never any sport. It's just two guys, two people talking and laughing, and think they're really funny, and like usually doing like some sort of TikTok video. And it's like, yep. is there any sport? 
<laughs> is there any Olympics in this Olympics? Like, what's going on? Well, when they do show it, it's like yesterday's Australian falling down. Yeah, yeah. It's or, all. Or here's a clip of Australian athletes we showed two hours ago. Let's watch it again. <laughs> um, have you have you got the rules of curling down um, anymore from watching it? Because um, it's probably the most that we've both watched it uh, in a, in a, ever. <laughs> have you because like I, I like the spectacle of it and i like i found it very relaxing but i'm trying to still work out and i never i should probably just like watch a, a doco about it but um i'm trying to work it out like how they get points and lots of stuff and I've, I've got a bit of an idea but how are you going with it uh the point system is fine i get yeah. all of that um some of the actually no even the lingo now i'm okay with uh there was one or two things while watching the mixed doubles that I'd learnt. I can't remember what they were. Okay. But, I mean, the the commentators at the start were, were pretty good about explaining odd little things here and there. Yeah, yeah. Once we got deeper into, like, metal-type games and they had this American commentator or Canadian, he was quite good at pointing more stuff out. Okay. But um, I think my head's pretty much around it. Okay. Cool. Uh, you get your stone as close to the middle as possible. Whoever has the most stones closest to the middle gets however many points they have stones. Yes. Easy. I like the, um, my, my favourites, the the ones where the, the team that might be losing, um, no, they can't win. So they just like chuck a stone down just to like clear out the inside circle. And it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. And but the thing is, apparently, did you, did you know that, um, being uh nice and being um like good sportsman's like is actually like all part and parcel of of the game like you have to you can't be um like politeness is actually one of the one of the rules oh like um like roller derby you're not allowed to swear i didn't know that yeah but like yeah apparently i was i was reading um uh, like an article about it and they're saying like yeah like it's i mean it's not like i don't think it's enforceable but like it's it's generally expected that you are polite to your um to the other team, and um, there's there's it's all in good good sportsmanship and good fun sort of thing. So I was like, oh okay, so yeah. it's like the most Canadian thing you can think of. Um. Which <laughs> which must be very very difficult when because they like set up guards and like blocks so you can't get to their stones. Yeah. So every now and then someone's gonna just drop this amazing stone. You're like, fuck you, piece of shit. But I think they respect that the was game. excellent, and now yeah. you've ruined me. Yeah. Anyway, this is not living in the curling or curling in the past. Um, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Um, Spinoff coming to you in 2022. <laughs> we've got um, we've got so many events to get through, so let's go to the events. Um, so uh, a bit of a mix of um, of the good, the bad, and the funny. Um, <laughs> let's start off with we got funny uh, ones this time. That's yeah, I got a couple of funny ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yay. So I'm going to start off with um, the, the more serious one. So the Native, Native Title Act in Australia was passed um, through Parliament. Um, and basically what that means is it recognised the rights and interests of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, um, like land and water, according to their laws and customs. Um, and it means that they could claim back um, their traditional lands, which all sounds really, really good on paper. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's the process of of claiming native title is is very long and arduous and a lot of aboriginal um spokes um people have said that like 
it's great that they finally sort of acknowledged it, but like the actual um, process of doing it is is quite hard. There was one one portion of land in um, New South Wales and Victoria that took seventeen years to um, to claim native title, and it's basically what they do it on is that um, some claims can only be made on un- unallocated or vacant land, and also they have to prove that their traditions have been continued in that land since European settlement. So, like, they need to have, like, historians, they need to have elders that can pass on, like, the knowledge. Like they need, And, like, a lot of them are, you know, unfortunately dying. So, like, if they don't pass on like, valuable, bits of, valuable bits of information onto the next people, then they, they don't have a leg to stand on sort of thing. And I imagine they don't have, like, a library full of documentation that uh, they no. would... No, looking to get like, oh, if you just have, you know, a certificate saying that you own this land, then that's fine. And then sometimes when they actually get the land too, they only get like, um, they only get it in order to do those customs and those ceremonies and like their hunting sort of thing. So like you could get native title, but it's like, well, you can only use it for like certain purposes at certain times and all sort of things. So it's it's all, it's like um, one, I was reading an article on, on SBS and one um, uh, spokesperson said that they wrote it up as... Um, you know, giving their freedom back, but like what they are really, really doing was like just creating a different kind of control over it. Um, yeah. But up to 2014, there had been 213 successful native title um, determinations. That's 213 in, in 20, like 21 years. Um, and 54. Successful. And, who determined that they were successful? Like the government. So basically, like that, like the native title was, was um, determined 213 times at like in 2014. Okay. And then fifty four had been refused. Um, oh. So yeah, and it's 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 still going on like to this day. Obviously, like this it's this, it's a huge um, topic and probably not being as fairly. And we'll cut, we'll touch on it again because there were amendments made to this act in uh, ninety six and ninety eight by the Howard government that were yeah not great. Uh oh. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, so let's go on to uh, Princess Di. She sued the Daily Mirror for publishing photos of her at the gym. I remember these photos um, not in a pervy way but just like I remember it was like all over um, Women's Day and like always like because I, I used to go um, shopping with my mum sometimes so like years like, and that's back peak um, tabloid magazines yeah. on the edge of the checkout sort of thing so you just be like was it last year we had the foot gate? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, but that was with um, that was with Fergie. This one's yes. um, yeah. So this one, and then Elton John got a large payout from the Sunday Mirror because they they were they published this article about um, that he had a weird diet. And now look, I'll tell you what the weird diet was. But like, I was all ready to like, oh, like he eats like live koi fish or something like that. or like you know he's like he only eats like certain foods from certain parts of the world at certain is this parts. an alleged diet or this is actually what he does in his well apparently so, it's alleged and all that stuff but like actually what it okay. is is that he um it's he basically had bulimia like they're saying that he had bulimia because he, he doesn't swallow his food he just chews his food and spits it out um and that was oh. that was his weird diet so he um but then like he said that it was false so um he got a payout of um quite a few million dollars and um yeah Yeah. um moving on to sports territory and i i did check with you beforehand that this was okay um i'll allow it but the english english uh, football team did not qualify for the 1994 world cup 
um, which I remember at the time was huge, 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 huge. Um, they were playing the Netherlands in, um, uh, I think in, in, in the Netherlands. And there was like a, uh, there was a foul that happened. And, um, but. I should they, let you do sports more often. This is fantastic. <laughs> they flight like, so like one of the Englishmen got fouled. Um, and there was no penalty. That was like, it was just outside the box. But a lot of people said that it was at, like, firstly, that it was inside the box. And secondly, that the Netherlands should have been, had the player sent off, but they didn't. Um, and then the player that fouled, um, the English player then went on and scored the goal that would get the Netherlands into the the 94 world cup. So how much of what you just said, do you understand? (laughs) I understand stuff. (laughs) Fouls and red cards and goals and players. Uh, I, I look. I was a huge soccer nerd for a, for a long time. Then I just like when Eric. Can- I I retired when Eric Cantona retired. I'm like, if there's no more kicking people in the face in the crowd, I'm out. Um, hey, I think he kicked him in the chest. Okay, should have gone for the face. <laughs> um, Nirvana recorded their MTV unplug set. Um, if you ever want, there's a, oh, I can't remember the actual, it might be AV club or, um, paste or one of those like music magazine. Um, they do an awesome, um, like play by play of the day and the night sort of re- leading up to, um, to the set and like afterwards and lots of stuff. And like they interview like certain people, not, um, I think they might, they might interview Chris and Pat Smear. But they also they also um, interview like MTV engineers and people who are actually in the crowd. Um, apparently, Chris Novoselic was um, practicing "Man Who Saw the World" in his um, hotel room right right up until he had to go to the studio to record it. Uh-huh. Um, there was like a, it was a very late edition, and um, he didn't want to screw it up. Um, yeah, good so man. if you if you ever get those, um, I, I I like a good. Um, I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's called like an oral history of uh, the MTV. I I love all that stuff. Like it's it's so cool to go back. There's there's one in particular that I've always loved. It's the um, what about the last ever Cheers episode? And it's it's amazing. Right. Do you know if they ever fully released the unplugged vi- like all of it? Because remember, probably was it early mid two thousands when these like audio and footage came out that they were doing they did, like Sweet Home Alabama and ad break. There's other you little, can like, snippets see of songs. that they never officially released that, and apparently they did drain you. Like apparently there's a Ooh. version of drain you that he did that was. I, and the thing is, like, they were also doing an acoustic per, um, portion to their live shows um, at that time, so a lot of that could just be like, you know, and it could be like, you yeah, know, um, rehearsal and lots of stuff. So I don't know. Like I, I think a lot of it claimed. I, I remember for the for the. Um, I used to have one of those unauthorized ones, and they didn't have um, any of the meat puppet stuff on it. So I never, I never knew up until. And I think on, um, maybe on the recorded, like the actual video of the of the performance. I don't think they put oh me. I think they only do. Uh, it's pla- one of the best ones. Plateau and Lake of Fire. So, yeah, but like I mean, that was like I think for a lot of people, especially my age, that was actually the definitive. Um, Nirvana for a while. I mean, that was the one that like got released right in the sweet spot, and then obviously what happens next year just compounds that sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, I don't remember like about a girl, you know, for, for so for the longest time was like you know a relatively unknown because it was on Bleach and Bleach wasn't that popular. Became like one of the biggest hits, like the the acoustic, the unplugged version of um 
of, of about a girl was huge. Um, yep. Moving on to other grunge icons, Eddie Vedder was arrested for public drunkenness in New Orleans. He was out partying with, I believe, a baseball player. Um, oh, Eddie. And he uh, he got into an altercation with a bunch of other people. Um, apparently, he spat on a waiter or a bouncer. Um, and he was released on a $600 bond, but was called back. He actually went back because they thought that it was just going to get like... Um, thrown out or like he would just get like a fine but yep. then apparently one of the one of the dudes tried to charge him for battery um and he actually had to come back to uh to new orleans and there's a really if you can find it um there's an article with the a court reporter at the time who just managed to just catch eddie <laughs> on the day and he's just like apparently he was just like so pissed off that he had to come back because he, he got thrown out and he was he was fine like there was no like all the all the um, witnesses were, you know, drunk and shit, and they didn't have a case against yeah. him. But he's like, I had to go come all the way here to find out that I'm. <laughs> he apparently he couldn't like phone it in. He had to be there in person. Um, and I think well, this yeah, is the height of like angry Eddie too. This is yeah, Eddie's primo, yeah. and spitting was his thing. I feel like in those early days. Gosh. Yeah. Um, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani was the first became the first Republican mayor of New York since 1965, and oh, Jesus, um, I he had his moments, didn't he? People liked him for a bit. I can't stand the dude. Um, Vince McMahon, which we might hear a bit more about, um, no. especially if we get um, Andy back on. But like, we're getting right into like the sweet spot of uh, WWE and all the sort of the height of wrestling in the 90s. Um, but he actually got uh, went on trial for because apparently he was uh, distributing steroids to his wrestlers. Can you believe that? That he would do that? That's just... I, I actually can't. Why would you be doing that yourself? <laughs> well, Why is someone else doing that? So apparently it was um, like very, very briefly. They found... <laughs> what, what I could um, ascertain was like, there's a really good Vice article um, that goes through the entire um, case, but... He found he must have just been going through the New Jersey phone book or something of of, of pharmacists that would just give him like an empty prescription pad, <laughs> and they found one, and then they just like said, "All right, just just ripping off like piece of paper and like you can have one, you can have one, you can have one, you can have everyone gets one." He was like the Oprah Winfrey of steroid distribution in the nineteen ninety three. You got stories, and you got stories, and you got stories. But surely, like, the wrestlers were all, like, asking for it or wanting it, right? Like, he wasn't well, forcing it on anyone. He was just... No. And I'm sure Andy will, like, would be able to tell me the exact ones. But, like, there was a lot of, like, holdout from some of them. Because they knew what, like, what steroids could do to them. Um, yeah. And, look, I'm going to completely talk out my ass. But I believe Rowdy Roddy Piper was one of the ones that like, was a bit of a holdout. And I and I also believe that um, um, there was a couple of other big names that um that were not 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 on it and um apparently in later years would get um would feel the wrath of McMahon because of that sort of thing um and finally uh going I'll do a, another serious one that we'll do we'll, we'll finish on, on a funny um Bill Clinton signs a Brady bill that inst- institutes a five-day waiting period for buying a handgun with with a background check um it was not bad. Yeah, it was met with a lot of um, opposition from the NRA and just people in general. Um, apparently, 
uh, even even with that in 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 um in force the percentage of shootings it was a blip on the radar there was like you know maybe two or three percent less it was it wasn't a huge amount so unfortunately didn't do and like he wanted to extend it to assault weapons and they wouldn't let that happen so they just made it for handguns um that's so ridiculous that it takes you five days in a background check to get a handgun but to get a more powerful dangerous gun (laughs) is easier and i'd bet some of those background checks were like i'm sure there was people in the in the records department, it was we're just fast tracking so they could make some more money and stuff like that. It's just it's. A... Let's just check: are they human? Yes. Okay, they can have a gun. Fucking shit show. Um, let's start on a bit of a light. Let's end on a bit of a lighter note. And okay, so um, a guy in Brazil uh, broke into a glue factory in order to get glue to to, to sniff. Um, but in the in the doing so, he knocked over two big barrels of it and got stuck to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> And this is like, I found one of those like weird news roundups for 1993. And um, yeah, so they, they like, they, the people opened up the plant the next morning and just found this guy like not able to move. He's just like, and I was thinking like, why don't you just untie your shoes? Unless like he didn't have his shoes on, which would be, imagine like getting like peeled off the, the floor from that. But um, yeah, I thought or that was... pants. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so don't, don't sniff glue kids. You could just... <laughs> You I wonder if he still got a little high from it, though. Well, apparently the the reason he knocked him over cause, is because he couldn't wait to get out to sniff the glue, so he stopped in the actual plant and did it there, and in doing so, oh. <laughs> knocked him over. So, yeah. Um, so that is my events. Uh, so let's go on to sport. I like when you have good, fun events, but... Uh... Now you lead me into not very fun sports. <laughs> so, we have, for the first time in living in the past, Ooh. the World Wushu Championships. Wushu? What's Wushu? What is Wushu? Um, <laughs> it is basically a type of martial art competition. Ah, okay. And just yeah, like, That took it... a lot of work to find that out too, by the way. Okay. How do you spell it? W-U-S-H-U is the English-speaking version. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's certainly the second one they'd ever done. Apologies for missing it last year. Uh, There is three grades to it. Okay. uh, Of which I cannot remember. One, I think, is Tao and Lee, maybe. It's saying here that this is like... Is it more... um, Is it kind of like a martial arts and um a bit of like a tai chi sort of put together like there seems to be a like, little bit yeah yeah there seems to be very very uh, um big fluid movements <laughs> before they kick someone's ass capoeira <laughs> so there's the men's taolu yeah the men's sander sander and sander yep so these are like the different variations of it yep. uh the women's taolu uh, we're all medal events. Yep. So medal? Is... <laughs> medal. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, medal. Um, so is that what what countries are in, included in the... Uh, in well, the this industry? is world, so it oh, wow. is, there's do quite have, a few. Do we have an Australian? Do we? No, did we have an Australian back in 1993? No, we did not. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, there was... 
quite a few nations, though. I won't list them all off. Uh, China, Russia, Hong Kong, Vietnam, uh, Japan, Philippines, Spain, Egypt, Brazil, Italy, Ukraine, UK were in there, France, Netherlands. It's it's a it's a very odd mix of countries that competed at this. Can I add? I some, would like uh, to see their Olympic village. <laughs> can I add some um, some information onto this? So apparently, Jet Li is a big practitioner of the wushu as well as um, Donnie Yen. Oh. Um, he's an IP man, which I love, and also Ray Park, uh, old Darth Maul. Quite the Weird. Uh, quite the wushu man. Well, you know a lot about wushu for finding out about it three minutes ago. <laughs> Look. These fingers just they just they just find information in like in all the nooks and crannies. Well then uh let's move on so you can find more information about the ninety three Australian Grand Prix. Ooh, Mansell. <laughs> no, he's retired. Damn Yes, I'm afraid he was. Um I mentioned because this was the final Adelaide Grand Prix. Oh, so it was from this point on was that um all Adelaide people. Melbourne decided to Melbourne. Oh my god. Yeah. I remember, so I remember one time, um, someone said that, and I was like, oh, who just gives a shit? And the guy got really upset, and he's like, it brings in so much money and jobs, and I was like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> I was just like, Does it I, though? I was just like, I don't, like, I, I said, you know, we've, at, at, that, at that stage, I was like, so you still got the V8 cars, like, you still got the, the same cars going around the same fucking track, like, over and over and over again, and he's like... No, no, man, you were, like, yeah, I think it's, like, nearly at the point of calling me un-Australian. Like, I was just, yeah. Anyway. I mean, I'm sure it was good for putting Adelaide on the map, even though I'm sure a lot of people that watched it didn't know where it was. <laughs> but from what I heard in previous years, it was not very good for Melbourne financially. Oh, really? And Sydney was going to take take it over, because Melbourne was like, we're losing a lot of money every time we host this. Well, I know that when the pandemic hit, um... I don't think it was in a like it got cancelled in Australia, but like they just said like we probably won't do it until we've got assurance that it's going to go ahead because apparently like all the planning beforehand is where all that money it's like it's like the World Cup or any of like those big things it's like yeah you, all that planning and infrastructure and stuff that goes in beforehand if like you don't actually go ahead with like the getting the tickets for the gate it's like a massive massive like hole of money so. Yeah, and the thing with F1 is it's quite like a, it's not like a high class sport, but it's it's kind of high end sort of yeah. thing. So there's there's a lot that goes into it, and if they don't get that buyback from people and sponsors and advertising and like ticket sales, then yeah, it's gonna flop really hard. Yeah, because like for our American listeners, like our V8 cars are probably like what their um Daytona, what do you call them? Like the NASCAR, NASCAR sort of thing. So it's like. We um and I could, that could be completely wrong, like, <laughs> but yeah, um that's, that's like, but I see like yeah, there there was always a prestige a bit to like um it's like that prestige that goes along with horse racing, which I find like even more deplorable. That horse racing is like not only is it like a barbaric act, but it's also got this like hoity toitiness to it that people think that like is just makes it excusable. And it's like oh, it's alright that horses die because we we got to dress up for a day. <laughs> it's like fucking yeah. shut up. <laughs> Um, so Ayrton Senna, sorry, <laughs> I've just, just been, I've been looking it up while we're doing talking. Yes. So just take Ayrton Senna, uh, had pole and won for his, his last time out in the McLaren. Uh, is this before, before he... he moved on? 
Well, he passed on? No, he's, no, 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 he, he was still alive. Okay. No, no, didn't he die? Um, Yeah, but not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, he joined Williams the following year, so... Ah, oh, Damon Hill was in that one, too. Yeah, remember Damon Hill? Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Isn't that weird? Um, Speaking of Senna, uh, I don't think I pointed out before, there's a dog at work called Senna, and... Too fast? I mean, no, well, he's a whippet, <laughs> but I've never seen him... Whip. Move very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him nay nay. Um, my first thought. <laughs> don't laugh at that. My first thought when I met this dog was, oh, Ant and Senna, right? Yes. Where else would the name Senna come from? <laughs> I work with a bunch of people under 30 and no one knows why this dog is called Senna or where it came from. And I finally asked the mum last week, like, just want to check. Is this because of Ant and Senna? And she went, yeah, yeah, he's a whippet, he's fast, he's a great driver. It's like, okay, cool. You're really old. <laughs> no one then, else gets that name. And it's like that thing of, like, to explain that to under 30-year-olds, 30, 30 you would be, like, such a man, mansplainer to them. It's like, well, in the in Formula 1 racing, they'll they just be like, oh, okay, old man. <laughs> well, I tried, I tried not to mansplain, and I stupidly assumed that everyone knows who Ant and Senna was like he was one of the biggest name drivers of all time and he yeah, died just us. making him even bigger so I have this thing where I go out the back to get a dog sometimes when it's going home yeah. and instead of yelling out their name I'll like try and mime out their name yeah so obviously Senna <laughs> like I just pretend I'm driving a car because Senna was a driver easy do and do I just got blank stares so you do this for the benefit of other people or just for yourself or like for everyone. Because I'm just like wondering, like, so you go outside to get someone's dog, they're out there, they're, they've had a long day at work, and then they see you go at the back and maybe hear you go, <laughs> <laughs> and then well, and just some... people just like, I'm sorry, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, it can be a fun game. Secondly, you can't always hear what someone is saying, so okay. yelling can be pointless. Is there windows so they can see you, basically? No, no, no one can see what I'm doing. (laughs) But there is a window where they can see the people that I'm miming to, and they can see their confused faces looking towards me, but they can't see me or what I'm doing. Why were they squinting at you and mouthing the words, fucking idiot? (laughs) Oh, they do it every day. Cool. So that's the uh, Australian Grand Prix of 1993. Fucking nay-nay. You're welcome. This brings us to the highlight of sports. Actually, I'm going to save my highlight of sports news. Um, I haven't mentioned marathons for a while. In 1990, there was a lot of marathons, and I mentioned them all and their winners. So let's go to New York City. Okay. For the 23rd New York Marathon. Yep. Sorry, the 23rd New York Women's Marathon and the 24th New York Marathon. Right, okay. Uh, the first ever marathon was just men. And then the year later, like, we should let the ladies run too. They're not as quick, but we should give them a go. Have you ever read that thing uh, about the Boston Marathon where the woman had to dress up as a man or something like that? Yeah. She, that was like, there's like a famous photo of like this old guy trying to grab her or something like that. It's like, it's, yeah. Men are gross. Um, and also, you recall last week we had the Carolina Panthers announced as a yes. new NFL franchise? Yes. 
this month we had the Jacksonville Jaguars announced. Oh. They're... And this is where I think I woke up to NFL because I like tigers and big cats. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there's two big cats that have just entered this sport. I was like, well, this is cool. This will have to be great. They're the two lamest teams around, but they're big cats and they're new. They got fancy colors. Um, so you're just like, oh, anything else? Because like you could have like the the Bumsville Cougars or something like that, or like mountain lions. Just go through every sort of big yeah. cat. Yeah. Okay. Idaho snow leopards. Yep. Let's go. It, but not really, because um, they all suck. <laughs> so the highlight of our sporting month. Have have a guess. Which marathon? No, no. Have have a guess of the the greatest uh, sporting event in November of nineteen ninety three. Well, I gotta go curling, but like I don't think that would be that obvious. So maybe Correct. It's... Oh yeah, boy. And right. where was it hosted, Paul? I'll give you a clue. There is no specific curling rinks in this city or country. Was it in Australia? It was in Adelaide. Oh my god! Awesome. When? Oh, yes. Okay. This is this is. So we so had the Pacific we had the Curling cream, Championships. We had the cream of the crop of curling in Adelaide, and oh man, wish I and seen. next to no one knew, and because no one knew, next to no one cared, and there's very little information about it. <laughs> but I can tell you, Japan won. Okay. Uh, Australia did make the final. Uh, possibly because there was only two teams. <laughs> it, it doesn't tell me how many nations competed in this, but it was an Australia-Japan final. Can I say because I've just found, I've just found the um the Wikipedia page. I love oh, sorry, the, New Zealand was in it as well. I love the fact that it says like, 1993 Pacific Curling Championships, host city Adelaide, dates November first to. Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, huh? it's, it, for, for all they know, it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, well, speaking of still going, uh, you recall Australia's mixed double team? Yes. Uh, I think it was Hewitt and Gill. Oh, yeah, Gil. Oh, yeah, I remember Gill. Because she got um, Did you... COVID, but then she was allowed to keep going. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, keep going. I mean, the Russian ice hockey team can. Why not? Uh, did you scroll through the names of the competitors? Of um, on the wiki page, no, but I will. Yes. Oh. We for Australia, we have Stephen Hewitt and Lynn Hewitt. Was that Papa and Mama Hewitt? I believe it is. Oh, curling's in their blood. How about that? Curlers for life. <laughs> they got that. And that, time. my friends, is November sport. They got that tattooed on them, like curlers for life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool, my father that's... was a curler before me, <laughs> and my mother was a curler before me. I will die for the curl. <laughs> my son doesn't want to be a curler, but he will. <laughs> Damn it, he will. My um... name is Curly Curlius Curlison. <laughs> Curly Hewitt. <laughs> Let me sweep you away with my curling. <laughs> Oh, that was too far. No, it wasn't. Keep going. <laughs> um, let's go on to film. I don't care if like you're not listening to this now. This is this is 
this is so fun. Um, you can brush us aside. We'll keep on going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for film, we had that quite another, a few. That was another curling joke. Uh, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm on there. I'm on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so quite a few films, a few good ones. Um, Flesh and Bone, A Home of Our Own, Look Who's Talking Now, Robocop 3, Remains of the Day, Carlito's Way, Ernest Rise of the End, The Piano, The Three Musketeers, Adam's Family Values, Man's Best Friend, A Perfect World, Mrs. Doubtfire, and We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. What did you watch? Why didn't I watch Man's Best Friend? Because surely that's about a dog. Uh, it's a horror movie about a dog. I don't think you would have liked it, because they do a lot of, like, oh, okay. tests testing and stuff I, I watched it um a few years ago when i was in my um horror animal sort of thing and um oh. yeah it's I mean, it's fine it's got lance Henriksen in it um some of the effects look pretty good but yeah it's not not anything to, to write home about what did you watch so i'm not really pleased about anything that i watched i gotta say okay look who's talking now I'm not going to spend too much time on, but we can come back to it if you want. Three okay. Musketeers. I also okay. don't want to spend any time on. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. We're back, A Dinosaur Story. And I also watched Demolition Man because we forgot to mention it last month. We did. So, yeah, I have to... Um, so, what I'm going to do is I'm going <coughs> to... It, it had a uh, American release in October and Australian release in December. So, I think it's only fair that we do it in November and pretend that I didn't yes. fuck up and didn't do it in the right month. Um, so, let's, exactly. let's, let's cup it off. Let's start everything off with uh, Demolition Man. At the end of a century, ravaged by violence, a society of perfect order will arise. Criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons. The prisoners are ice cubes. Their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep. Aggression and deviant behavior will be totally eliminated. He's a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. In a bad time, he was the worst. I'm going to love running this place. But in the year 2032... This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from his cryo facility. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. Amidst a world of peace and calm... We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in to say hi! From another time. Passes over time! Time for something new! This, oh man, this is a good film. Like, I don't care. Like, this is pure, like, um, popcorn, just, uh, Love. I, I hadn't seen it for a while. Like I think I watched it for like one of the other podcasts I've done, but it's probably been since like a, f- a few years. And I enjoyed every minute of this. Uh, what do you think? I don't remember the last time I watched it, and I'm. I don't know what it is. Generally, I like to multitask when I watch films. Yeah. And by which I mean not pay heaps of attention and do something else. I couldn't do anything else. Like I, I had to watch it. This is like it's actually. I had to stop everything I was doing. 
the thing is okay so your 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 brain goes it's Sylvester Stallone so like I don't have to give too much attention to it but then the story itself is actually quite good and the other the actual um, action and the and the actors around him are quite good too and I'm not saying that Sylvester Stallone was like necessarily bad in this film like I think he was he was better than most other films um but yeah so I don't think it's like your general Sylvester Stallone film I think it's it's a bit of a cut of above and like Wesley Snipes ha oh. So good in this movie, like one of the best bad guys of all action movies of all time. And Sandra things. Bullock is adorable in it when she tries to mind fuck him, <laughs> which like that's, the, that's still kind of nice. Yeah, but like, how much? How much is it like so close to like, you know, no one's touching each other. Like, there's no handshakes anymore. They just do that sort of thing where they wave their hands in front. I'm like, I'm all on for that. I don't want to touch anyone's hand anymore. Um, yeah. uh, like, I don't. <laughs> she's like. He's basically telling her like how he used to have sex, and she's like, "That's just gross and disgusting." I'm like, "Oh, you know, whatever." Like, I can I can see how like we might evolve. But also, she loves the 20th century. She's all about 20th century. She should know that. She would understand all these things. Why is she suddenly surprised that he doesn't know understand what's happening? And apparently, like they're okay with like scooping poop out of their cracks with seashells. So I don't know whether like are they? That's what I assume is happening. So you get three, oh, yeah. you get three shells, and they're one. But, but that's basically your wipes. And I don't know why. That's why I, like, I looked you around. You rinse the shells off and put them back. I think. Oh, I think either they're biodegradable, um, like a <laughs> like a tablet for the dishwasher kind of situation, or um, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't think you have your own personal shells. I think you get new shells every time. Hmm. That's hmm. actually not a bad idea, though. I'm sure it's like, I mean, the the world itself, apart from like, you know, um, if you've never seen Demolition Man, basically, uh, <laughs> um, Sylvester Stallone, it's, it, it starts off, I love how it starts off, it's, it's like 1997 or something, it's like, it's very, very, it's not very far away from like, when this movie was released, and they think that LA is going to be like, it's a, a complete wasteland. <laughs> I mean, the way it was at the time, that. They're probably right. Oh, look, so. yeah, no, no doubt. Um, but he basically goes after um, uh, Wesley Snipes' character, which is named Simon Phoenix. He's like this major um, crime lord, drug lord. Um, and uh, he, 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 he gets the name Demolition Man because he basically um, destroys buildings in order to, like, kill bad guys and maybe, like... Apparently there's, like, like he... he, he, he he rescues one little girl, but then like barely like raises like a complete city block or something like that. It's just yeah, yeah. Um, I also like that he, little girl. He captures Wesley Snipes, and then thirty people die. Well, yeah, because they they reckon he didn't check first. So um, and then you find out at the end that he didn't because like um, someone thinks that she murdered him before the but before he raided sort of thing. So then um, he gets in trouble for that and basically gets like the big thing now is they're going to freeze him, um, and um. So, John Sergeant John Spartan, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone gets frozen, and Simon Phoenix gets stolen. Um, gets uh, frozen, and then um, it cuts to um, the future, and um, in 2032, which is and it's San Angeles now because there's a huge earthquake that basically like like half the city um got uh, got swallowed up by, um, and it's run by a Dr. Raymond Cocteau. Cocteau. I can't. I can never get his name right, but he um. That's important. Yeah, his name he, isn't important. 
he um he uh, unfreezes Simon Phoenix because he wants there's a there's a there's a um, vigilante played by Dennis Leary, probably one of the only Dennis Leary roles that I actually kind of like. Um, and he wants Simon Phoenix to basically kill him, and so like uh, this guy can have complete control over everyone in the city. But then it turns out that Dennis Leary is not playing his character from Judgment Night, <laughs> and he's actually the Robin Hood of the sewers. Yeah, and also like you can't control Simon Phoenix because Simon Phoenix is just going to want to like make as much destruction and death as possible. Um, oh, you can to a point. And then, um, oh yeah, he can't. Uh, well, yeah, because he he um, he unfreezes um, Simon Phoenix, but he like he can't be killed by him. Like there's like yeah, he, it's there's a lot of stuff unsaid in this movie, <laughs> and there's a lot, a lot of stuff that like you know is said as well. Then we got we were introduced to Sandra Bullock and also um, Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, as these two uh, police officers and um, uh, Sandra Bullock's character. Um, uh, Lenina Huxley, she is obsessed with everything 90s. So she's like in her apartment, she's got like um, Lethal Weapon like posters and, and all sorts of like remnants from the 90s and everyone thinks that she's insane. And yeah, like uh, if, if you try and look into it too much, I'm sure, I'm sure that, like the, the shine wears off. But like as like a action action movie with like a decent story, this works like so good. And there's... I enjoy futuristic films and their take or expectations or just dumb jokes at what they think will come. Yeah. Like, there's some digs Arnold Schwarzenegger that oh, the are quite pres- fun. Presidential Library, yeah. 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 I think um, a lot of this is like, you know, we we talked the other day, like on one of the other, um, I think on one of the X-Files on our Do You Think We're Spooky, um, Do You Think I'm Spooky podcast, about how movies and TV shows about computers are now sort of shockingly real because like, you know, it's now 30 years on. It's like, oh, we're actually living in that, in that, <laughs> in that realm now of where like, you know, we can have like a smart house and we can have all this. So like, you know, who's to say in like in 20 years time, it isn't something that sort of resembles the Demolition Man plot. And like, you know, there is like less crime and lots of stuff, but there's also less, less um, freedom and, you know. It's... Well, they said there was... In 2010, there was a, a huge earthquake that wiped out most of Los Angeles. And yeah, then yeah. they also had... So there was the AIDS pandemic. And then she mentions, was it like NBT? There's like two other things that happened to society that wiped yeah. out population. And then there's things like the boardroom meetings where everyone's just a computer screen. Like there's yeah. a lot of little things that... Like this actually is not far off. Like they're not touching any anyone anymore like that's yeah, yeah, probably yeah. the position we should be in right now they're not doing face-to-face meetings it's there's so instead of a phone box they have what appears to be like a mental health box that helps you out yeah which is like you at know, the start that guy's like i'm not having a good day and they're both like you're okay you're a good person you can do good things <laughs> um i don't oh, like the fact right. that everyone's fashion is based on the viceroy from um phantom menace though um <laughs> Is it also a little bit Batman, uh, eighty nine policeman? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Like all the people, like so. I think like all the high society sort of types have got this. Yeah, like they look like um, uh, how did they get past the blockade? <laughs> um, from Phantom Menace. Oh, but then yeah. um, like I like how like uh, it's 
in Dennis Leary's like little sort of um, militia underneath uh, underground, like they all look like um, it's got like a Mad Max scene going through there. I don't know. It's it's kind of like I I, I think it's awesome. So, um, but if you there's there's also some uh, Gooch and Frozen Dick in it too, which there is know. supreme Gooch in this movie. Like, yeah, apparently mm-hmm. uh, Stallone had to actually be. He reckons that that part of it where he was like suspended in that sort of liquid was one of the worst things he's ever had to film apparently it was like took like nine hours um but yeah i imagine it took just as long to get all of it out of his pubes as well because it's <clears throat> quite a forest he had down there oh man blacksmith apron um but he gets what he deserves because you were so upset about your wife and daughter you did horrible things to policemen the offer of sex comes up and you're like okay you swear all the time. You don't take on anyone's opinions or help. And he's an all-around douchebag, and he should probably not have won in the end. Well, the thing is, like, yeah, the end is like, a little bit too, like... Uh, I, I would have actually preferred... Because back in these days, like, we're not... They weren't sort of thinking about sequels. This could have been, like, a three-series... Three, three, uh, if it had been made now, it would have been a three-movie, um, like, run. It would have been a trilogy, because it's like there's a lot to unpack there. Like we could have had like one movie just all about Dennis Leary's character. Um, and just yeah. like his history and stuff like that. So I think out of everything, and I, know, I do know that there's, there's been um, plans for either a remake or also a TV series. And I reckon as much as I'm against like a lot of TV series, um, based on like an original, like an unoriginal idea, this bears some more exploration and, and could be quite good. So see how we go with that. Um, on that sort of theme, um, I'm not going to go off, uh, stay out too long, but uh, I watched Robocop 3. Um, uh, definitely in the realm now of like, how can we freshen up our action series? Let's add a kid to it. So it's Robocop and this kid. <laughs> and it's like the, uh, and the, the, um, it's, it's kind of like the same sort of thing. Like there's like this underground society of like, um, I think it's Detroit um, for um, Robocop. And yeah, he basically goes down and, um, and, and helps them out. Um, but a lot of uh, a lot of character actors in that movie, like um, if you get if you give it a chance, a lot of people crop up. And it's like, oh, it's him from that, and it's her from this, and yeah, um, that was the only enjoyment I really had of the whole thing. Apparently, it was supposed to be a, a lot darker, but then the studio's like, nah, we're gonna go a, a different way. Um, yeah, Rip Torn's in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jill Hennessy, my Law and Order lady. Um, Nancy Allen's back as well. Um, but yeah, you got like, um, Bradley Whitford who will crop up in a movie. He's, um, from Get Out and also from Cabin in the Woods and, um, uh, Billy Madison. The older guy? Bradley. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so let's actually, I'll, I'll move on to, cause I know uh, there's a movie that I know that you, um, you didn't watch this time around, but as, as with Judgment Night have been quite, uh, big supporter of it over the years. Let's talk about Perfect World. We both like RC Cola, and neither one of us got old man worth a damn. Eight-year-old Philip Perry has just been taken hostage. Are you gonna shoot me? Oh, yeah. By the most dangerous man in West Texas. Put the gun down, old timer. Couldn't hit me anyway, probably shoot the boy. Get in the car, Phyllis. This could be Jump. his lucky day. That's right, car! 
complicating law enforcement attempts to apprehend him, Haynes is believed to have an eight-year-old boy with him as hostage. This is not a penal escape situation. This happens to be a manhunt. You know, Philip, you have American right. Eat cotton candy, ride roller coasters. You got a phone? No. You go inside, lie down till we're gone. I told that judge to send the weapon. I told him it was the right thing to do. Kevin Costner. You're not bad, are you, Butch? Oh, yeah. Clint Eastwood. At least now we know who's in charge. In a new film by Academy Award-winning director, Clint Eastwood. You ever ridden in a time machine before? Out there? That's the future. And back there? Well, that's the past. This is the present, Philip. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> A perfect world. Now, I remember this... Am I remembering it wrong? Like, you've brought this up a few times as, like, one of your favourite movies. Uh, I have, yes. And I was tempted to rewatch, and I thought, no, I remember this film. This is all good. And then I read, like, the synopsis, and I thought, this doesn't seem as fun as I remember it to be. This is a weird film. Um, uh, Directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, It stars uh, Kevin Costner as a guy who um, recently breaks out of prison with another dude. Uh, they're looking for a car to steal, and then this other guy that's with him is a complete piece of shit, and and breaks into a house that is, um, the mother and three children. They're all Jehovah's Witnesses. It's, it's um Halloween. Um, is the night that they do it, do this, and he um he grabs the mum and tries to sort of uh, assault her, and um, Kevin Costner um breaks in and 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 saves her, but then a neighbour comes in and and has seen this all and basically has him at gunpoint, so. They, they have to, for some reason, they think, like, the guy goes, let's kidnap the mum. He's like, no, no, let's, like, and she's got a son, like a, a, a nine-year-old son. And they're like, no, no, we'll take the boy. Mm-hmm. For, I don't know why. I do not, like, I'm assuming, assuming, like, so they've got someone something to barter with later on and because the, the old guy won't shoot them. But there's really no reason. They could have found a better reason for him to have kidnapped this kid, like, because there's really no reason that he took him. Um, and that they didn't just drop him off down the street because, like, it serves it doesn't serve them anything to have taken this kid. I mean, it does give them forever leverage, but it also makes them a bigger target mm. as well. But right Which, from the like, other, if you, yeah, yeah, right from the get go, um, uh, Kevin Costner has, begins a relationship, like the sort of father son relationship with this boy. Um, they they off the other. Um, escapee pretty quickly because he's he's not great um the kids the kids a little weird looking <laughs> like he does he gives a good performance yeah. but yeah there's some bits from just like ah, oh, you went with that take huh okay all right um it's a pretty good road trip it's just i don't know um kevin costner sometimes seems a bit uncomfortable with the whole situation like but like i always thought because as I, you I, should be i don't think well i don't think I've ever seen this because I always assumed that it was his kid. I like maybe I just had ah. a false memory of I, I thought it was like him, like he took his kid off his mum and then like. But anyway, so Clint Eastwood plays the um, state trooper that um, Red, who um, is on the trail of him. Laura Dern is probably the best thing about this movie. Like she comes in, she's actually like a um, behavioral scientist who um, the FBI and the the state 
the state government have sent to analyze what the what Kevin Costner might do next sort of thing and like they had that usual male female thing with Clint Eastwood and just like you're a woman what do you know and like you know she has to deal with that mm-hmm. the entire time which you know at the time was pro- like you know it's set back in 1962 probably like very accurate but it does lean a bit too heavy on that sometimes it's like ugh, like just move on but she her responses to some of the misogyny in this movie is um is, is pretty amazing Bradley Whitford plays an FBI a really slummy FBI guy that is basically there just to like he basically just wants to kill Kevin Costner and then go home but um over the over the over the uh, the, the next few days, Clint Eastwood gets a bit attached to it, and then I don't know. Like, there's a part, there's a middle part of this movie that could have just been cut out. It's just it goes a little bit too long for my liking. I think it for me growing up, it was just there was something about Clint Eastwood directed films mm. that would just draw you in, or anything with Clint Eastwood in it, even. Yeah, it just kept you like clinging on to where's this going how's what's gonna happen it's a well-made film like and seriously like there's like one bit in there where like because um they they're on they're basically on the road like um chasing after kevin costner and they get this idea of um they use the governor's new like he's got this caravan um that he's going to use for his uh re-election campaign but it's got like you know a fridge and radio and lots of stuff it's basically like a little a little mobile command center but there's this bit where the it gets detached and um, like it's kind of like a comedy movie for about like two or three minutes. Like they're in this um, <laughs> caravan and like um, Laura Dern, um, Clint Eastwood, and um, uh, Bradley Whitford are just like rolling around in this, and then they're like they're like whoa, whoa, and I'm like what is what, what is this bit? <laughs> this is fucking weird. Um, pretty sad ending, but like it. But you know, it, it, it's a, it's a, like I watched it and I was like, this is it's, it was enjoyable. Like I, I like I would watch it again at, at some point. Like it's 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 a decent film. Um, definitely more up there than a lot of um, the other uh, Clint Eastwood movies I watched recently. Um, but yeah, if you've never seen it, worth checking out once for me. And uh, I mean, you've already I assume spoiled the ending, so I, I feel it's an appropriate finish. Yeah, it's an appropriate finish. It's. Compared That's to like, other films we've seen, it makes, of late it makes where... you yeah. Like I was very like I, I very rarely these days get so invested in hating a character, but like, what happens at the end? I was just like, oh fuck you! I actually audibly said, no one else was in the room. I said, oh fuck you! I was just like, <laughs> I was so upset with him. Um, let's let's move on to um. Well, I'll go through a couple of yours. Um, you watched Three Musketeers. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was going to watch it with my um with my eldest, like my nine year old, but uh. Was it any good? I've never been a fan of this film. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not. It's I lost in between. See it for Oliver Platt. Is Oliver Platt good in it? Is there a lot? Is there a lot of? Yeah. Platt? So there's enough Platt. Um, okay. It's weird watching him in a role where he's not just the butt of every joke. Yeah. So he's not like the handsome stud of the film, but I mean, he does have wenches. Obviously, they're all horrible to women. And through the entirety of this film, they are purely uh, just objects. But I I don't like Charlie Sheen. No one does. Not a huge Kiefer fan. Everyone does. Uh, Chris O'Donnell <laughs> is basically Luke Skywalker part one. He, like, he's he annoys me. annoying little weenie baby. 
He annoys me um, to the, to the extent of um, Carrie Carrie Ulls. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. Those two those two could be interchangeable for me. Yeah, piece of wood. So I I went to start watching this a few nights ago, and <laughs> someone came home, and I got in trouble because someone had been talking about this movie uh, since we started recording '93 in excitement to watch it. Ah, okay. And I thought. Uh, I'd kept asking about, is there anything you want to watch this month? And I feel like I'm restarting the argument through the podcast, so I'm going to stop. Um, but yeah, I didn't like it. It wasn't that okay. good. I don't know if you're trying to be Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Well, the because I'm, I, I believe I'm right in saying this. Like there is a connection of Brian Adams between this and uh, there Robin is trains because we're awesome. Awesome. There's little snippets, like instrumental snippets throughout the film, and I thought it was um, everything I do. <laughs> they're oh, kind of similar melody wise. It's very close. There's like they came in. Yes. It's like Brian, you did great. You knocked it out of the park with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Can you do it for Three Musketeers? What's that thing they say in the movie? Yeah, I can do that, but I don't want to. I don't want to work very hard on it. <laughs> Someone's just gonna lift the there's, melody from the other. There's one little bit. I think it's like a do 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 do. Yeah, and I feel like both both songs have it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's just like don't sue me, but I'm pretty sure they've both got that moment. Be careful, Brian Adams is pretty hard up. So, <laughs> <laughs> Rod Stewart's not. He's uh coming out here on tour apparently. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I guess who was? And it's, is it so? It's Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who yeah. was also in Demolition Man with his song Demolition Man? That, that sounds fucking bad. Double sting. <laughs> Double sting. <laughs> um, let's let's. Uh, I'm gonna quickly just get burn through some of the ones. Um, Carlito's way was fun but long. Um, it's yeah. just uh, like I I I I will not. I will be coming out straight out and saying I watched about half that movie and half of it was just like in the background. If you love some Al Pacino overacting, though, this is like on the way to Heat. Like this, this performance in Heat are probably like his best, like little one-liners. Like he's he's having a lot of fun in this movie. I I, I actually plan to rewatch it at some point when I'm like a little bit more invested, but I just wasn't in the mood for it. Um, and I watched, um, I tried to watch the piano, and um, fell asleep multiple times <laughs> and that's no that's look you know jane campion does like awesome work she, uh, she does awesome movies but they're not movies that like like they you either i believe they're more like this is the ones that you need to see in a cinema because like i mean and i know being in a cinema does not stop me <laughs> but i believe if i was like forced to be upright and like into this and lots of stuff I'll, I'll be like i was like i'll be more dialed in but yeah being on a couch and like it's just a it's such a like they whisper and like the scenery is just great and like the soundtrack's just very very ambient and it's just like it's fun it was it was like it was impossible not to fall asleep to i was just like oh fuck i imagine it's and like it was on my list of things i would have liked to have watched yeah along with carlito's way um carlito's way i remember watching it when i was younger and it it was good i liked it, it was good enough uh don't need to see it again but the piano yeah. the piano um piano yeah, I imagine it's a, an excellent film, but it's a time and place. It's one of those ones that I think you like. You might mention to people that you liked and watched, but you've never actually watched. <laughs> I 
that he gives you like a I bit would of, never. It was give you a bit of clout. It's like, oh yeah, oh yes, yeah, it's, it's really great. And I was like, um, we don't gotta, ask many questions though. We yeah, we gotta we gotta talk about Mrs. Doubtfire. My marriage is not ending, just on hiatus. To put his family back together, Daniel Hillard needed a job. Do you have any special skills? I do voices. Yeah. Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. Look at me right now, Moneypenny. Want to undo that bow and get to know you. Mr. Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. And a decent home for his kids. How do you like it? Can't you just tell Mom you're sorry? But he found a way. I'm placing an ad for a housekeeper. Housekeeper? Could you make me a woman? To have both. Wow. Let's pray. Hello? You for deny a doubt fire. Papa's got a brand new bed. the same old dad only better dinner is served madam wow i'd love to get reacquainted can't you see the lust in that man's eyes action's a little kind of muddled that really well so is your time (laughs) the terrorists they ran that way it was a run by fruiting this holiday season surprise robin williams Sally Field. Who needs a husband when I've got you? In a Chris Columbus film. Back off! Mrs. Doubtfire. Got it's hot in here. A father's work. <laughs> is never done. Oh, oh. First, here's a woman. I'm getting hot flashes. Um, There's a donkey. It's a good start. A this, okay. And I think, I don't know what I've... I was, you, you could watch this movie in one of two ways, I think. One is you go right back to 1993 in nostalgia and enjoy it and miss Robin Williams and laugh and because it's like some generally funny bits. Or you could watch it with 2022. Like you could watch it with like in 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 the guise of like 2022, where like you know it's obviously transphobia is um, like. <laughs> there's like, intention versus outcome i yeah, don't yeah. think there was any harmful intent in what they did and said but the outcome and so watching it i enjoyed it for the most part but once it is mentioned to you the problems within the film it's very easy to see how those like it just seeps into your upbringing and how you see things and how you feel about things yeah like and the, it's, it was i know really- for a lot of people that are saying that we're being snowflakes about it it's really fucked up that those are things you would say and think as a kid, and this is why. It's just like a good, harmless, fun film, but yep. it's not because it's seeping into all these bad ideals that are not very kind. The problem with it is that is that, and if you've never if you've never watched it before, it's um basically uh, Robin Williams um, after a long, long, long gestating worries with his um, problems with his wife um, Sally Field, they decide to, well she she wants a divorce. Um, he thinks the best way to, and he also gets um he only gets Saturday um Saturday uh, visitation um rights to his kids, and he wants to see them more often. So he thinks the best way is to she she mentions that she wants a housekeeper. So he um goes to his brother um played by Harvey Firestein who is amazing um 
and he's made up made up into a um, an old uh, woman named Mrs. Doubtfire, and he pretends to be the housekeeper so he can see his kids. Um, it's kind of creepy when you think about it. <laughs> um, it's uh, like you know, it's it. I I I also. And the, the the problems with it um, is that whenever the reveal is made that he is a man, it's treated with disgust, and that's the that was the thing that really sort of made me um, uncomfortable because it's like at no point like there's there's a point where he's going to the toilet and his kid his his son like um, walks in, and his first thing was like I'm gonna call the police or I'm gonna like I I, I feel like he he basically is like so disgusted by it. There's two kids like, across. and then doesn't want to hug him afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And then there's two kids across. It's a, it's a guy thing. Yeah, it's it, there's two kids across the way when like he's getting changed and like they sort of like look in disgust when they figure like see that it's it's a man, but he's got like you know, um, he's getting into like a dress and wig and lots of stuff. And then yeah. there's one point too where um he's pretending to be potential clients to his wife, and he says like, um, I don't look after boys because I used to be one. And Sally Field goes, yikes. Or, like, she, she hangs up the phone and she's like, oh, yikes. Um, yeah. So, like, those things in particular, I think, it's just, like, glaringly, like, um, it's... I suppose, like, some people could say that it's it was a um, promotion of, of trans and, like, you know, there is, like, you know... But at the same time, I think reading reviews from people who are who are trans... And not being that myself, I don't think I can make a comment about that. It's like, I mean, it's it's obviously up to perception, sort of thing. But yeah, the, the general perception was like it's, it wasn't a great film for for people who are who are trans, which was an issue because it was a good starting point for gay or queer people. Yeah, because they had two like I mean they never say like this is his gay brother, but the fact that there was two characters in it that portrayed such a lifestyle that they wouldn't usually show in a film yeah like there so was... that was that was positive for a lot of people but then for the people next door everyone's just making fun of dressing up like a and so there's that other debate that comes into it of this ideal that people think you're going to pretend to be a different gender just to get something out of it yeah yeah and, and that's like exactly it's... what he's doing which is not what trans people are about yeah and it's the thing is like um i will say that ron williams is fun to watch he's a joy to watch like i and i i will say that about four or five times this movie i cried like at one point sobbed um and i think the um the the fact that he's not with us anymore has like sort of compounded that a bit too um and like being in a situation now where I've got kids and lots of stuff, like, I can understand, like, the, um... And I think... I, I, I do believe that Sally Field was... Like, her character was pretty cruel in this movie. Like, I know that, like, maybe Robin Williams' Daniel, like, was not that great a husband sort of thing, but I think she, like... You know, she could have, from the very start, just said, like, yeah, let's do, like, co-parenting sort of thing, or, like, you know, or waited till he, like, got on his feet and, like, got a house and lots of stuff. But, like, I don't know. I was, like... The initial divorce proceedings was very very harsh yeah yeah like it but then i think it was validated by how he acted and carried himself afterwards and the fact that he doesn't get just any proper custody afterwards yeah yeah fucking right you're you infiltrated their family (laughs) as as someone who's an adult now and seen friends go through separations 
Yeah. This is just encouraging men to do whatever they want, regardless of what yeah. their ex or their partner needs or wanted, or what the law was telling them to do. It's atrocious. Let's, it's terrible. It's, let's, yeah. It's, uh, mm. Let's get fun though. It, well, let's 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 end on a nice note. <laughs> let's 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 agree on something. In that Pierce Brosnan is is amazing in this movie, and I actually I said that as well. It's the first time I remember him like actually playing a role nicely and going like, oh, this is but, his character. This is good. So apparently he was supposed to be a lot meaner in the original script, but Chris Chris Columbus sort of said like, nah, I want um, uh, I want you to sort of play it nice and like. He's still sort of like I mean, if if you look at it from Robin Williams's character's perspective, like you you're you're sort of lured to hate um, Pierce Brosnan's Stuart, um, but he actually is being really nice and like willing to take on like this mum and three kids. He's never creepy or inappropriate. He says no. he loves the kids. He's crazy. He's yeah. he's actually a good person, and all all he's guilty of being is not Robin Williams. <laughs> Like that's yeah. what it's like. Oh, he does. He can't do funny voices and like um, lots of stuff. So like, we must now hate him because. And also the fact that he's British. I think at that stage, like, we're still in that realm of like in an American comedy. If you're British, you're you're evil, sort of thing. So, um, but like, man, that that was very odd to watch as a child. He's seedy and gross, and you hate him. And then as an adult, it's like. Okay. He's just a nice guy. Robin Williams is the dick here. Like he's being unnecessarily mean. Oh, that bit where and he like tries to chick his up, wife. Where he tries to chick um to pick the young girl up in the bikini at yeah. the pool, put it on my tab, and he's like, he's not even trying to be uh, Mrs. Doubtfire at that moment. And she's just like, she should have like rung the like rung the alarm bells. Like she's like, there's a guy. There's obviously a guy trying to pick me up on the at the bar, um, but. That sets up <laughs> the run, the one run by fruiting. <laughs> um, His face is priceless in that <laughs> as well. I love well, it. Um, Pierce Brosnan's. Yeah, <laughs> it just it looks and apparently like um a lot of the time like um Robbins was trying to break him. Um, there's a bit where he almost does like his lip top lip moves a bit when um Robin Williams is uh talking about um sex with him at the restaurant you can just tell like um he's just Robin Williams just keeps being yeah. grosser and grosser and grosser and at one point Pierce Brosnan sort of looks in and his his top lip sort of curls a bit but it's like nah and then apparently the bit with the um with the teeth when like Mrs. Doubtfire's teeth falls into the glass of wine that yeah. wasn't scripted and apparently like all the reactions from the from the cast were like genuine um but yeah there, just, there was only one moment of Pierce Brosnan's character uh, or maybe two. So when he first comes in and he like, instead of saying hello or, you know, any sort of greeting, he just points and lets her know that she has milk on her lip. Well, apparently That's not that very was, nice. Apparently. Okay. So this might, this might sort of discount that. Apparently she didn't mean to. They kept that in. So apparently oh. she wasn't, she wasn't scripted to have that, but she like, like, like they, she, she was filming it and then, she, then they were like, oh, you've got milk on that. And then that's, that's why Piers Rosen said that. So, um, but it's such a douchey start for a nice character. And then the next yeah. moment is he's trying to get in her pants. Like she's trying to be professional. He's like, let's go out for dinner. I want no, to see because, you. But they, okay. I'm not saying it's right, but like, obviously they've got history. So obviously they dated before her and Danny. Like that's mm. what I'm getting, which makes it even worse when she says, 
So she's had that meeting where she, this guy, this her old boyfriend or let's say associate. Like I, I got the, it's never really sort of cut and dry. I've got the idea that they actually, she had an affair or something maybe with him. I'm not sure. But like hmm. she comes home and like they're doing the party and like I think she just wants to get Pierce Brosnan's dick. Like it's just like, I think she she had that meeting. It was so great. And then she comes home to that, and it's like, oh well, like, like maybe if she hadn't had the meeting with Bruce Brosnan beforehand, she would have, like let it go. But I think it's all like, I don't think she's as noble and like just doing it to get to get the kids right and all that stuff. I think she just wants out and she wants Bruce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, that I was saying the same thing. That definitely set the fire. It's a coincidence that Pierce Brosnan comes back into your life, and then that afternoon you tell your husband you want a divorce. Yeah, if they if they cut it if they edit it differently and like that meeting happens the day after the divorce and maybe that's just happenstance. That's just like, but then again, like she, even like her boss tells her that, that the Stuart guy and she knows exactly who she, who he is. Um, yeah. I don't know. You know what the most 2022 thing would be right now is if we had a remake from Sally Field's perspective <laughs> of what a creep and disturbing human being her ex-husband was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, um, Netflix, um, four-part documentary yeah um, and it's, it's like called, a dear john it's, it's just called doubtfire it doesn't have misses in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> um okay let's get on sorry we've been we've been on movies for so long now um let's get on to uh tv oh hang on what rewind why uh i just very quickly need to mention we're back a dinosaur story oh, okay cool. was shit but it only goes for 70 minutes and the only thing that I will say about Look Who's Talking Now, like, it's not terrible, <laughs> but I just have to say, when I googled something about the film, the first thing that came up, big bold letters, for reasons known only to the filmmakers, Look Who's Talking Now ends with a music video style showcase for French baby rapper one-hit wonder Geordie. <laughs> you, do you remember that? No. <laughs> it is horrible. So it, it, and, and I, could, it does? I couldn't it turn it off. It genuinely does like have just like a music video, yeah. and there's, there's no connection to yeah, the like, film whatsoever. No, it's so this weird French baby is rapping in the living room, and the kids are like coming down unwrapping Christmas presents, and it looks like this weird. It is like it's a music video. It's very very. Also, I just want to point out um, the Google thing that came up says music video and not film clip. Okay. Um, but it makes no sense. No, there's no relevance. There's can just this it, weird. Put it up on the Insta. If you, can you find it? I mean, if my willpower will let me look at it again. I don't know if I could live through this. Do you reckon it was it's like, horrible? Did they film somewhere in France, or did they get like, it, or maybe like there was like the financial backing said like we'll give you like X amount to make this movie, but you've got to put the weird video for the baby at the end. I think they were just cashing in on anything sort of infanty, like ah, uh, this is about thing. young kids. Yeah, like look who's talking was like babies before and now the babies are grown up to kids let's bring in like a little bit more baby stuff because people love that there's no more look who's talking after this either this is the last one it's dead yeah. yes, yes thank you. <laughs> it's done it's done um cool all right so let's go on to tv We're not much on the TV front. Um, it's it's November, so like not many things are premiere. But we did have one um, premiere, which I know for uh, like the millennial sort of things is a big sort of um, 
a big deal with a lot of nostalgia nuts. Ship to Shore um, was a big one. I was not expecting you to say that. Well, if you especially like um in a lot of um like a lot of Australian sort of um nineties sort of pop culture pages on Instagram and stuff like it's 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 a very beloved thing. I don't know whether they've actually watched an episode of it um, recently because it's not it's not great. <laughs> like a lot of people love it. I don't know if if you feel like I'm gonna go yucky arm, that's fine, but it's it's definitely not for me. Um, but the uh, the big um, premiere, which is kind of weird for it to premiere in uh, in November, um, we had the nanny um, premiere for the first time. Were you a nanny fan? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it was on at a good time of day, so it, it was would before you, you generally just watch it, isn't it? Yeah. So I think I started out like watching. I never knew how descriptive this song was. Uh, listen, let's talk about that for a sec. So, Bottom. Yeah. Bottom I remember, rhymes with nothing. I remember a big thing in Australia at the time was the fact that in the theme song, it's like she was out in her fanny now in Australia. And I, I hate, like, my wife and I hate this word for the for, for vagina. Like, it's just, it's so gross. I don't know what it is. I hate, when, I hate it when people um, refer to it as that, but... Um, but yeah, in Australia, that's, that's what we referred to Fanny as. It's very um, British as well. Yeah. And British as well. So like when that came out, it was like, it was, I think they even had to like reference it. Like uh, there might've even been like someone like had to come out and say like, Oh, we're talking about their butt. Um, even though clearly on the, um, in the, in the opening credits, like she's, she lands in her butt. So, um, but anyway, um, I remember like, this is another one where I watched it because it was, a means to get to the Simpsons or Seinfeld. So <laughs> like you kind of had to get through the nanny to get to like what you're actually wanting to, um, to, to watch. But then it was actually, it was kind of good though. Like I remember finding myself watching it more and more, like almost yeah. to the point of full episodes. Not like I didn't always enjoy it, but it was definitely watchable. Um, Fran Drescher played the, uh, the role of, um, of, um, uh, Miss Fine, um, we had uh, Maxwell Sheffield, um, and he uh, he's a like a Broadway producer, and he's got three kids. Niles is the best thing about the show, like bar none. Um, Niles and Cece. Um, Cece is like um, the business partner of of um, of Sheffield. Um, then you've got Maggie and Brighton. Oh man, that kid. <laughs> he's too much. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, he looks. There's a. Um, Whenever Do you like, think his friend was friends with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, yeah, but like, you have to admit that like, whenever you see like um one of those rich kids that got away with like um like hitting someone with a car oh, or date yeah. rape or murder, like they all basically look like Brighton Sheffield. Yeah, <laughs> like, and their upbringing got... was like Brighton's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you also got Gracie um uh, Sheffield. Um, yeah. So uh. It's like, like, look, I, I, I think it's a, it's a decent show. I always remember the, the, there was like a episode where Dan Aykroyd for some reason did a guest star as a plumber. Like some reason <laughs> I, I remember, remember him. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, oh, you know, like uh, before the age of DVD, where we had to take, I, I used to have like Simpson and Seinfeld tapes 
but you get the, the, the end of the show beforehand. Yeah. And I think like that one was just on there and I'm like, I, I just remember that one single bit quite a lot. Um, but yeah, look, you know, um, big, big part of, um, of childhood sort of thing. Um, but apart from that, um, let's move on now. As um, you would have heard in October 93, we've got a new, we got a new segment here. Um, to go along with my Law and Order Minute, uh, we've also got the, uh, <laughs> guess the, we um, didn't guess, guess the name. We didn't guess the names. Yeah. Sorry. So it's, uh, so why, why don't you explain to the folks what we didn't guess the names is? So our friend of the show, Conan O'Brien started in, I believe September, yeah. 1993. And as of October, we decide, I decided <laughs> on a whim why don't I try and read out all of the guests that were on the show in that month within a minute to the theme of We Didn't Start the Fire? I don't know how or why, but it's happened and it will continue to happen until I grow to hate the song, I guess. Uh, did, now, can I ask you, did you re-listen to the song in order to no, get the I meant to down. this morning, so I'd have it in my head, but <laughs> I kind of know the verse tune and the chorus tune I think that's enough. Okay, so um, you'd let me know when, when you want to start, and I'll start the I'll start the timer. Okay. Oh, no, don't you know don't judge no, my my Billy Jolies. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna count you in. I will do it on uh, we'll do okay. it on go. So we hang on, hang on. Let me let me think of how this song goes. That's definitely. I'm sorry. Do 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 do. Okay, okay. I think I got it. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Ed Cock, Levin Helm, Jerry Seller, and Miera, Gwyneth Paltrow, Martin Gars, Chuck Barris, Sarah Silver. Man, damn it, Sarah. Jane Pauley, Peter McWilliams, Julia Sweeney, Rip Taylor, Dick Cavett, Tadja Pallets, Corbin Bernstein, Sonia Barrett, David Gale, Fran Drescher. Jimmy Work and David Morton <laughs> Jr. William Sapphire Schneider Rick Schroeder, John Laguziamo Wink Martin, Robin Leach Tim Russett, Dr. Brazel, Bobcat Goldthwaite Weekly World News What? Oh, Tony Randall, Russ Meyer Paula Newby Fraser, Kevin Nealon Adam West, Rene Abajonas You could own it, Mr. Fuji Sid Caesar, Tabitha Sorens <laughs> David Dinkins Dustin Diamond Ella Clegenhorn Alan Dershowitz, Jay Thomas, directors of the War Room, Kelsey Grammer, Valerie Bertinelli, Andrew Shu, Size Burling, Billy Rest, Raul Julia, Brunson Pint. Oh, I'm in December. Damn. Shit, I made it. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. <laughs> that Sorry, was December. Uh, I love the fact oh, that. I really need to read the names beforehand. He, did, he had Dustin Diamond on. He had Screech from Say the Bell. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Oh, that's such a porn name. No wonder he ended up in porn. <laughs> and murder. Uh, apologies <laughs> to all the names I got wrong. I briefly looked through the first week, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is all right. I did not get down to uh, to some of, the, some of the fancier names. It's okay. Dustin Dunn will know, because I think it's like a, um, a Google alert anytime it's mentioned on anything. So. Um, oh, cool. So not great guess, means... though, overall. Um, so let's let's move on to the Law and Order Minute. 
Cool. So, if you don't know, this is the um, part of the show where I sum up the episodes that aired in November 1993 of Law & Order, uh, of which there were three of them this time. So, um, uh, and I try to do that within a minute. Uh, and Ben gets to tie me in... Um, blow a foghorn in my face when I fail. It's not so much when you fail, it's just, you know, keeping you in check because okay. because otherwise you just keep on going and you need to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you ready? Uh, yes, let's go. Okay, uh, the first episode is a woman detonates a bomb in a um, parking garage and they don't know why the hell she did that. Um, turns out that she uh, was a runaway that got picked up by an eccentric priest who has formed a cult, and uh, he gave her. And he also is a um, ex uh, military soldier that, that, that knows about bombs, and basically got her to carry out the bomb attack for him. Good act. This is actually a pretty decent um, episode, but not any better than the next episode called American Dream, which is one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. Um, uh, D.A. Ben Stone uh, gets evidence thrown out from a trial back in the start of his career and there's like a really really good back and forth between him and um, uh, this oh, I can never pronounce his name Zelko Ivanek um, plays the guest star in this and it's, he does it so well um, uh, the next episode is Born Bad where basically uh, they find out there's a boy who's got an extra Y chromosome and they say that's why he um, murdered his best friend Okay. That's slightly better. We're good. Time's up. Okay, cool. Oh, did you do that for like the last <laughs> five seconds? No, that was uh that was that was it. Sorry. Cool. Yeah. Um Yeah. That's nice to the air horn, right? We can go back yeah. to the air horn if you want. That's no, cool. I like I like little baby elephant walk. That's good. Okay. Um Cool. So there's there's your Law and Orders, there's your Conans, and now we're on to the music. Uh, pretty decent month for music. Um, we'll go through the charts first. We've got um, Oh That She Wants by Ace Base. Um, on the ARIA charts, um, Australia loved Ace of Base. And everyone, if they have not beforehand should look at the history of Ace of Base because there's a bit of intrigue in there. <laughs> have you have you heard about it? Uh, all I know is they fell a little bit to the right. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Mm. Um, we also had Please Forgive Me by Brian Adams, um, which I believe will take us out for the rest of the year um, on the Australian nice. charts because Australians love Brian Adams. like Much like uh, the old Norm MacDonald... Germans love David Hasselhoff. Australians love <laughs> um, Brian Adams. They do. Uh, and the Billboard, the American charts, all month of November 93 was I'd Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. So the releases, there's like there's way too many to list. I'm not doing the entire thing. So let's just go through the ones that we thought were... Um, would if, if you ever want... So I think from now on, because there's such huge months of... Um, Except for December. <laughs> December's always very, very short. But I think like on the monthly... Let's pretend month, some of these came out in December. Yeah, I think we're going to need to just like... If you if you want to know the the full um, the full list, go in our show notes when you download our episode. It'll like give a little bit of a description about the episode, but below it there's a link to our Spotify, and that will link you to our um, 
our playlist for the month and you can you can check out all the bands that were on that um what did you uh what did you love from uh, 1993 november there wasn't many albums that overall really hit me a lot um, of songs sad because <laughs> but not a lot yet. of amazing songs uh yeah so buddha of suburbia david bowie came out mm. that song itself is fantastic mm. the rest of the album is just electronic noises i think he just pressed a button and then went home and came back the next morning to see what happened it was for a tv show wasn't it it was like it was like the uh, it was like a movie or a maybe. TV show that they did the it was like the soundtrack to that yeah. I've never seen it, but that would and make I believe a lot of sense. I believe that it was um like discontinued for a quite a long time, but yeah. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Gabrielle dreams. Oh. Yeah, oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. I'm gonna. I was really disappointed to find out Celine Dion's Think Twice wasn't Another Day in Paradise. <laughs> but it is still a good song. So that's okay. I can't believe Cream came out in 93. Yeah, yeah. Big one for that. It's um... Cash was everything around me. That's... That's, that's, that's banging. Yeah. So this, oh, this, is, a, this is amazing. Um, From Dreams to Creams. From Dreams to Creams, yeah. Uh... Yeah, obviously Wu Tang Clan um, uh, came out with their uh, first album. Uh, it's got like when we go um, when I go do make the playlist up and I can see how many times that a single song has been downloaded. Like it's in the hundreds of millions. Like it's like <laughs> for for some of these tracks, like it's just um, Enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers uh, was a huge huge album. Um, a lot of people uh, like that Wu Tang sign. I saw it all over my neighborhood, all over people's bags. It's just, you know, it's always been a huge, big thing. And still relevant today with uh, some weenie white snowboarder, like, doing the symbol at the Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I think he was a skier. But, yeah, like, he yes. threw up the Wu-Tang symbol and the commentator mentioned, like, why he was doing it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, like, I, I'll i go through some of the stuff that I was... So, I'll, I'll also listen to that. Um, I was also a big um, fan of Midnight Marauders' uh, Tropical Quest. Um, I believe this is their last album. Um, if not, then it's, it's, um, there might be only one more um, before they break up. Um, and then... Um, again, like, it's it's a lot of, like... I mean, uh, the Snoop Dogg... Like, there's a bunch of hip-hop in this one. Like, Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg has been my song this week. It's come up a lot when I put the... Um, so good. When I put the um, playlist on, it seems to be like the one that maybe that is known as like you want to, you want to listen to Gin and Juice. We know you, we know what you want. Um, what was your, again? I other... can't believe that was that was ninety three. Yeah, what was this first? Mind on my money. Snoop yeah. Dogg. Bow wow yo yippee yo BBA. Um, as lame as it is, I'm gonna say I really like better than Ezra. <laughs> oh look, I, 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 I good. I, look, I did mention. Um, it wasn't a. Um, I wasn't having a, a dig about it, but I was just like, to me, it's just a very, they're very nineties um, power pop. Um, this is like the big one. Here we get to that bass. That's nineties bass right there. It's a bright mm-hmm. treble. This is 
There's so many. Is this semi semi sonic? Yeah, this could be semi sonic. <laughs> yeah. um, it really is. Weezer, like, like all that sort of stuff. Like, and like, look, look, this is, this is my jam. Like, the, these, this sort of stuff. Whew, there's gonna be a lot of it, and we're gonna be talking about it a lot. Um, this is this uh, this you, song. Yeah. Did you get into Yothu Yindi? Did you give that a try? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I really liked um, yeah. that. Um, I also liked uh, um, the Cowboy Junkies, the Cowboy Junkie song in there. Um, the, actual, the rest of the album's quite good. If you're into that sort of alt country thing, which I'm not sure you're into, <laughs> but no, no. Um, uh, uh, did you listen to um, the Spaghetti Incident by uh, Guns? No, Man? thank you. I passed. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the songs came up when I had the playlist on, and I gave it a few seconds, and then I was like, nah. And then Queen Latifah came on. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll take this over Spaghetti. Oh man, yeah. Um, we also have this. Long intro. Maracas. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My. We're over here again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that bit. Man, I'm at a. I'm at a disco at Ingle Farmies Primary School. I'm uh, 11 years old. <laughs> There's. There's probably a strobe light, and there's probably really bad cordial, or maybe maybe even some coke. Oh, yeah. you know. And uh, I'm just hanging by the side, not 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 uh, not brave enough to go dance with the girls. Um, and definitely, Ace of Base is just cranking through that uh, <laughs> small stereo that they probably had to rent from like <laughs> the Board yeah. of Education. Can you can you believe that this was 1993? What is I think so. Yes, <laughs> I thought it was eighties. I thought that was like heaps older. Nah, because that's another. The, it's hard because I'm now in the depth of primary school, where you're hearing all these hits, and they stick around until the end of primary school because you're not developed enough to take in too many new things. And if there's something that's catchy, it stays with you forever. Yeah. So so many of these songs I had in my life until. Pretty much until we went to England, <laughs> yeah. and I could escape them all, except Dreams, which lived on for a few years more. So when you went to England, like it was just like I'm gonna get into Britpop now, and um, I like no, I went to England. They didn't have the same terrible charts as Australia. Those are different terrible charts. Do they blur? <laughs> An oasis. Uh, they w- <laughs> yes, they would have by then. Yeah. Um, uh, Queen Latifah was great. Um, Phil Collins. Um, Decent album, but like, yeah. there's no real bangers on there. Um, sorry, Phil Hoskins. Um, we also had uh, Brian Adams. Uh, it was like a greatest hits um, one. I wanted to make. There's two greatest hits uh, um, albums that I put on this list, and that was uh, the Rolling Stones jump back because that one also, and also the um, the Brian Adams one. When I was working at Sanity in like twenty, I was still doing. I was still working there in twenty eighteen. We still regularly sold those exact same greatest hits compilations like every week. Like that jump back is the one. It's like it's like blue and red, and it's got two two boots on the front cover. 
And um, wow, they're not even called greatest hits, and they're still selling. Yeah, and like they they were still selling up until like yeah when I was working like insanity. It's just like people just love a greatest hits album. Um, uh, I really liked Kate Bush. Um, I reckon. Yeah. I've got. I've always had a soft spot for her. Um, this one's not as like you know. It's, I mean, to say like it's not as good as her 80s stuff is like well, she's still a talented songwriter and stuff. Um, but yeah, this one in particular, I, I probably listened to um, a bit more than than others on here. Um, in excess, I still, <laughs> I just don't. I don't know any of these songs. I don't know whether I just had like a blank spot for for this is the gift. I thought this is you too. Yeah, this, like, this could be you two or David Bowie. This sounds like the fly. <laughs> or Mysterious Ways. I didn't know any of these ones either, by the way. Yeah. I think this uh, is the beginning of the end for NXS. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and also, we have to we have to acknowledge... Um, because this is an album that also sale, sold, on, sold on the reg when I was at Sanity in the... Only like three or four years ago. This is Celine Dion. And Ticket to Paradise is <laughs> The Color of My Love. It's a sexy front cover of that album, too. So that's Power I of I can't Life. help but picture all of her album covers looking the same, just her face <laughs> and some breeze. Her <laughs> face and some breeze. Um,. So, who are we gonna who are gonna give the? I don't um, know. This is a big list. It is. I've um, got to say the most uh, represented list as well. Yeah, I'd say so. It's probably like Snoop Dogg, Latifah, Wu Tang, uh, Kate Bush, Tribe Called Quest. Man, I'm just throwing Kate Bush in there because she's a bush. Um. <laughs> I'll be tossing up between like my 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 instincts go to Tropical Crest because I just love them so much. But um, you do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the beaten path and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off the beaten path onto the beaten bush. I'm gonna um go with Kate Bush this time because I just um found myself going back to that a lot more. I was very close to doing the same because uh, she's so much more than Alan Partridge medleys, but uh, but you're biting the wrong bush. I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do a poll and just go with the Ben Band. The Ben Band? <laughs> or um, the yeah, um, the be- better than Ezra. Better than Ezra. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and obviously, Demolition Man. Even though it's not technically this month, um, everything else was garbage, so <laughs> they win by default. Um. I am still going to give it to Perfect World because I was like, nice. Um, I was I was invested in that. Um, uh, so yeah, so we got um, uh, Better Than Ezra and Demolition Man for you, and and I got a Better World and um, uh, sorry, I got a Perfect World and the Red Shoes by Kate Bush for me. Um, yeah, good month. I was um, and then next month we've yeah. got some um, got some. <laughs> The the film portion is probably going to be huge again because we had like it's one of the first years in the nineties where we have like a, a very big um, cinema release slate and we've got absolutely no albums coming out so it'll be mostly movie focused next time. Uh, but if you want to get in contact with us, it is um, at livingthepastpod at gmail dot com. Um, 
give us a subscribe so you never miss an episode and also we got another um podcast now do you think on spooky which is um every friday we go through two episodes of the x-files and um you can and debunk uh, it being the greatest show of all time well you're wrong um it's, we, we, we've actually got it's, it's actually got its own feed now um we will be doing the first um probably the first season in um the living in the past feed as well but it's it's a, it's a bit delayed so um you'll have to wait a little bit for, more for it um and if you want to check us out on instagram um all stuff coming up from the show um make sure you check our stories out because that's usually where we put the music um in and um from the from each month and uh yeah uh we're almost at the end of 93 I'm not going to say anything about 94 anymore. I'm not going to... Not going to I'm, I'm feeling more positive now. I, yeah. Like, towards the end of 93, it started to feel like the 90s to me. Yeah. Now, this is more my core 90s that we're getting to, and I'm I'm getting more into it. Having a look into I'm the I'm positive first, about 94. Yeah, I'm already starting the research in 94, and like having a look at it, like, it definitely is hitting its stride. It's, it's definitely... Um, some of some of those movies from the first few months, and like it's like, oh, yeah, these are quintessential 90s movies. So... Until then, um, until next time, I will see you later. Bye, everybody. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at Mild Scribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back, and relax. Thanks.